Today, we are back and taking on comic book movie mayhem. The past year has not been kind to either company as films from both Marvel and DC struggle to regain their peak box office performances. We examine the state of the comic book movie starting with the MCU. What does Marvel's recent track record tell us going forward? And what created the disconnect in the first place? And most importantly, have they already found the path towards their next breakthrough smash? It's a topic so big, it's going to take two parts to tackle. So let's get to it. Comic book movie mayhem, part one, on an all-new episode of Observations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. We here at Observations consume all things comic books, superheroes, from the original, you know, source material, the comic books with the two staples in it that have been launching, you know, since the 50s, 60s, the stuff that was the bedrock of everything that you're really experiencing right now. And, And we catapult that all the way through to movies, television, streaming, toys, video games. We cover all of it. I have covered this, uh, with this show, I have covered my own obsession since since I was a wee lad pulling these comic books off the spinner racks. But they become so much more than that, right? They become just um, giant uh, shelves upon shelves of toys at your big box store, at your Walmart, at your Target. That uh, they've become, you know, giant menus all to themselves on on these incredible streaming platforms. Max, boom, the entire DC library. You've got Disney Plus just umpteen title stuff that goes back to my childhood spider-man and his amazing friends the 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 1980 uh cartoon 1981 cartoon that was on uh, i believe nbc when i was a kid so all the way to the big giant blockbusters of today we're going to get to those blockbusters we are definitely going to discuss movies and 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 current trends today because it's time it's time to look at everything that's going on around us because boy there are a lot of uh tea leaves to be read a lot of signals being being sent and I, I love this stuff. I love discussing this stuff. And it, it's time to kind of put it all on the table. Uh, we're, we're staying current. We're staying modern. We are staying of the absolute up to the minute moment today. I have returned from a spectacular uh, time off. Haven't talked to you guys uh, in about three weeks. And it has been uh, just great to get out and, and travel with my family and, and see new places, new things. And, and get inspired uh, as I left and, and ran uh, to, the, to the airport to catch our flight. I was scanning the very last page of the September issue of Deadpool Batter Blood number four. Number five comes out in October. The, the four is the penultimate chapter of what, we're, of what we've got going on. And I just had the very best time uh, putting that together. Didn't want to carry any of that stuff uh, with me. Wanted to only be working on issue five and, and and stuff that was beyond. So put that to bed, got it out, scanned it, sent it to my incredible team. Uh, best gift I could have been given was on the flight home. Got a bunch of pages, looked at them in color. I'm just so excited to get uh, all of the rest of the Deadpool batter blood issues in your hands. Uh, if you don't know, uh, I have written, drawn, Produced thousands of pages of comic books, hundred individual comic books. I am a uh, writer, an artist, an illustrator, an inker. Uh, I have done layouts and designs for others. I am a character creator. I have been a publisher. I have even uh, basically directed the printing of my own comics. 
Uh, I have seen it from every single angle. I have never experienced comics uh, with as much love and passion as I do, though, as a fan. It's as a fan that I still prefer to take in my comic books, my superheroes, the characters that I love, to watch the entire world, to watch all of it, you know, come together and and and, and expand as we've discussed and go in all these different myriad directions. But Deadpool Batterblood is my current work. Uh, Deadpool Batterblood number one came out in June and you guys sold it out day of. Boom, gone. Second printings are going to arrive along with Deadpool Batterblood number two in your hands uh, the week of June 17th, 19th. It's somewhere around there. Your comic stores are going to have the second chapter. I, I cannot wait for you to dig it. Uh, we're, uh, we, we continue to set the table and take things in maybe a direction that, that you're not expecting. Uh, who or what is Killville? And 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 I'm going to say no more. I'm going to say no more. Just just get ready for the ride to continue. Deadpool Batterblood is out the week of the 17th, 19th, and I am very hopeful that you'll continue to take that ride with me. Issues three and four are uh, the the favorite pages, sequences, bodies of work I have ever uh, completed. And at, at 38 years of creating comic books, uh, you know. I am still striving to 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 push the envelope, layouts, designs, drawing, illustrations, rendering, and and I, I feel really good about the product that's being put out there. I thank you so much for picking it up. I hope that you will continue to pick it up. Follow me with Deadpool Batter Blood number two coming out here in just a few weeks. Look for it. I missed talking to all of you. I I very much uh, missed being away from the mic and having that connection uh, that, that we've made. I appreciate all of you so much and uh normally i i wait till the end of the show i'm gonna change it up a little today i wait till the very end of the show to read your reviews uh that you leave for the show and and again they are so appreciated i cannot tell you how much i appreciate the fact that you are you know going to a keyboard whether it's on your phone your ipad whatever it is and you are leaving a review of any kind for me i am so appreciative of you and uh this very kind uh, comment, review, uh, positive support for the show comes from a, a, a handle called Dagger Hand. Dagger, as you would spell dagger, and hand. So Dagger Hand. He uh, gave the show five stars. Appreciate it so much. Said, amazing comic book historian. I grew up reading Rob, and now I am amazed at how much he knows about the past. I just listened to the 2001 podcast and i went to ebay immediately and bought the treasury edition thank you so much daggerhand i hope that you dug it um i'm gonna tell you right now i brought generous amounts of jack kirby with me on my uh on my vacation i i bought i brought his uh, devil dinosaur uh compilation which is just a blast the stuff that he was doing for marvel in the 70s he was operating completely without a net what did he have to prove what the hell did Jack Kirby have to prove, right? He had already basically, okay, going back to World War II, he gave you Captain America and Bucky and the Red Skull. I mean, the dude, before he ever goes into Marvel proper, he and his partner at the time, Joe Simon, give you Captain America. And Captain America is such an incredible resume piece. I think we've covered this before. But because I was able to do all of the basically comic books, big patriotic characters, uh, Fighting American was the other character by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. To this day, it just confounds me. People people believe that somehow I created that character just because I took Fighting American to this next level of attention because it spun off after I was finished with my Heroes Reborn commitment. And I took this character from Simon and Kirby that had been published 
The entire Simon and Kirby Fighting American catalog had been published by Marvel in 1989. And, 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 and I figured, you know, more, more people knew about it. But apparently the, the bandwidth or the signal boost that I was able to give Fighting American, you know, kind of uh, w- w- was at such a level that people just identified and thought it was me. And I've been told, you know, ripping off Captain America. Well, people, two of the three biggest patriotic characters in, in comics are from Simon and Kirby. To follow up Captain America, they made Fighting American in the 50s. I did Fighting American. I've done a uh, best-selling run on Captain America. What I was always also, also able to do was a run. Was, was actually, I just don't want, it, it ended up being a one-shot. I had really grandiose plans for it. Unfortunately, we just couldn't get our act together um, and, 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 and figure out how, how to move forward. And I only ended up doing one issue of The Shield which was Archie's original patriotic characters. The S.H.I.E.L.D. predates Captain America and, in fact, was more popular than Captain America. Archie tried to diminish uh, Captain America in the beginning and, and, and gave them a uh, threat of a lawsuit and a legal uh, you know, cease and desist in, in, uh, in, in the way that they were using the actual S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, because the original kind of more rectangular, more triangle uh, at the top shield that Captain America uh, had had to be changed because they felt it was infringing on Archie's The Shield character, who was the number one, one of the top-selling comic books, and certainly the most the best-selling patriotic character. So, just a little bit of comic book history: the Circular Shield then came about as a result of that threat. And I got to be honest; I think Simon and Kirby may have taken it so personally that they poured even more of their efforts into it, and they moved Captain America to the upper echelon outselling shield and becoming as we all know the premier patriotic character it has been the great honor of my career that i was able to do fighting american captain america and the shield kind of the big patriotic you know trifecta uh, that it were and and so again jack kirby two of the three giant uh patriotic characters in comics in the history of comics because certainly people in the 50s and the 60s were very appreciative of what fighting american had to offer and when i you know, did bring back Fighting American in the late '90s. It, it sold. We we sold out. We sold huge. That the momentum on that was tremendous. Well, so you're Jack Kirby. You got Captain America. Then 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 you're you're making stuff with DC Challengers of the Unknown. You're 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 doing romance comics. You're doing you're doing sci-fi comics with the great Wally Wood. You're doing comic strips. Then you team up with Stanley, and you you know produce a generous amount of the Marvel Universe. And so then you get Fantastic Four, you get Avengers, you get all that stuff, right? Then he goes, when he's, you know, not happy with Marvel, goes to DC, New Gods, Forever People, Mr. Miracle, Commandy, Demon, Omac, just amazing. Jimmy Olsen, The Losers, just a phenomenal, some of my favorite stuff he ever, he ever did. He was really in sync, I think, with what he saw in his mind and what he wanted to put on the page. When he comes back to Marvel in the 70s, he has nothing to prove. He's doing 2001. He's doing Machine Man, which is a spinoff of his work on 2001. He's doing Devil Dinosaur. He's doing a, it's the Bicentennial, which I've said before. If you're like, what's the Bicentennial? It was a big deal in the United States of America. It was on network television. The news covered it. Um, th- there's still a giant dam off the Riverside Freeway that you can see the, resi- the, the, the residue of the paint. They painted over, made a giant American flag and put the, the spirit of 76 guys with their drums and their flutes. Uh, it was a big deal, you know, uh, the, 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 the celebration of 200 years 
of the United States of America, the bicentennial. 19, uh, you know, 1776 to 1876 to 1976. It's a big deal. The bicentennial was a big freaking deal. And Jack Kirby comes back to Captain America and he crushes it. It's such incredible fun work. He's also doing Black Panther at the time. But I brought all this stuff. I brought so much of the 70s Jack Kirby with me on my vacation and uh, just consumed it. I stuffed uh, a bunch of other rando comics that I wanted to look at and consume because I just love to be on the road, whether it's uh, in a hotel, whether it's at a villa. Well, um, you know, we, we really take our vacationing as seriously as we possibly can. And I just love breaking out those books. I would put, I would put the books in my backpack if we had a day trip to go to a different destination, just so I could, while in the car, pop out Devil Dinosaur, pop out some of Jack's uh, 2001 work, his Captain America work, his Black Panther work. I had it all with me because it's inspiration. I want that inspiration. I want to be unlocked. I want to be excited visually while I'm on the road. And I did, and, and, and it, was, it was great fun. But while I was gone and doing all this, this uh, comic book movie madness, maybe we'll call it comic book mayhem, comic book movie mayhem, broke out. And I, 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 f- I find that there is uh, one, one very uh, specific through line uh, that we're going to get to. And it does speak of quality, but it also speaks to what I believe is fatigue. But it's not fatigue of superheroes. It's not fatigue of franchise. It's just, it's just fatigue of quality. That's really what it gets down to. But I'm going I'm to dive a little bit into some of the numbers, the most important numbers I've recorded. I'm going to share that with you. But you got to go back to when Marvel broke out, when Marvel com- completely broke through. We'll eventually do an entire dedicated uh, year to 2008. It's, a, it's, it's, it's 2008 and 2012. I've discussed it here on the show. They're incredibly important uh, years in, 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 in the regards to, to the building of the um, both the Marvel and the DC Cinematic Universes, or maybe the lack of building of them. But Certainly when Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man in 2008, and again, it's not something I haven't referenced here before, but that just blew up. That just took off. It surprised people. But it, but, but one year prior, the seeds were planted with Michael Bay's Transformer film. You're like, what are you talking about? No, the technology, the smoothness and the sleekness with which those Transformers came on screen. Um, they were incredible. They blew us away. I took my two boys. I had never watched a Transformers cartoon ever. That was... I've covered this before. I was dating. I was a teenager. I was into girls. My cartoons and and the stuff that I was into when I was younger was the Super Friends, was Battle of the Planets, Gotcha Man, was Spider-Man and his amazing friends, was Thunder the Barbarian, that stuff. By the time the Real American Hero G.I. Joe and the Transformers and and Thundercats, all that, I'm older, you're younger, I'm older. I'm aware of them. I, I pick up some of the comic books even, but I'm just not watching the cartoons. I'm too busy with being a high school person. But I go see the Transformers movie because I like Michael Bay and I like the visuals. And it was stunning how, how Optimus Rex and, and uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Optimus Prime. You're like, you lose points, Liefeld. Yes, demerit me. Demerit me right now. Optimus Prime and all of the different uh, Transformers. Bumblebee, just the smoothest, smoothness with which they morphed and looked and the tech. And it was one year later that Iron Man was on its way. And I sat there and said, you know what? I, 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 it just seems like the pump is primed. Techno, robotic suits, whatever. And then, boom, Iron Man's even better. I mean, the, it's, it's like his, his, his armor is out of the Apple store, right? We, we, you know, again, familiar. We all saw it. So smooth. And, and, and a next level performance by Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. 
Great first movie. Fantastic. Lean, mean, not overbloated, moves great. Breaks through three hundred plus million dollars worldwide. Breaks in the the, the bucks domestic. It's three hundred. It's just it's it's got everybody so excited. But I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you, and we need to revisit this. I had an executive at Warner Brothers that said this. Life, you get really excited over this Iron Man breakthrough. Uh, wait till the Dark Knight happens. Christopher Nolan's going to have the final say in this. And okay, he did. For whatever reason, the brilliance of the filmmaking. Uh, the tragic end of, of of Heath Ledger that we all were able to then go commemorate in his final role as the Joker. Whatever happened, that movie goes to a billion. That movie breaks through and goes to an even upper echelon that that some of these even most celebrated Marvel movies have not yet scratched with like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2, which I think probably by then was seen as one of the greatest and still is superhero movies of all time. X-Men 2 had happened, refining everything that we liked in X-Men 1. But Dark Knight, boom, goes to the next level. And Warner's is a storied studio. A lot of what's been going on with Warner's as well is it just doesn't feel like the golden kingdom that it once was. Warner Brothers, uh, especially during this time, I mean, everything they're putting out is just connecting and hitting, whether it's the Hangover franchise, whether it's, you know, 300, uh, the Dark Knight films. I mean, they just have these giant uh, blockbuster comedies blockbuster adventure movies sci-fi superheroes so you know they they think that's funny that's cute that's cute paramount's got their little you know movie franchise that they're distributing with marvel and i've done an entire dedicated podcast on how everyone in in their mother had identified and all the, the 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 financial institutions the financial papers the barons the wall street journals they had identified that all marvel had was the d list characters we knew better we comic fans knew better and we knew that maybe Iron Man wasn't X-Men or Spider-Man in the comic book world. But he certainly was not a D-list character. And then he comes to life. And I think Iron Man works better on screen than he ever did on, did on paper. And I will take the very best, the, the most uh, heralded and acclaimed Iron Man. The stuff by Bob Layton, John Romita Jr., David Michelinie, those amazing 1980s, the slickest, uh, fastest paced. It was like Tony Stark was like a... Like a industrial uh uh not not just a uh an inventor and 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 a you know owner of this giant foundation this giant corporation he was also almost a bit like a spy a little bit like james bond with armor it is the best run that 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 comic has ever seen i will tell you that he has never worked better than he did in these films he he just that having the armor look and feel the way it did was just phenomenal so you got this showdown and Warner Brothers wins that year and they win the next couple of years. But we're heading for a giant showdown in the summer of 2012, four years later. And I've, and we've covered it. Avengers changed everything. Avengers changed everything. It was not what Warner's was expected. No one thought that movie was going to click into place in the way that it did and go to the next level. Now you can say, what, but, but the, uh, the, the Dark Knight strikes again or whatever the Bane wrap-up movie with, with Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Great film. I dig it. I love it. Uh, it did have the, the Colorado shooting hanging over it. But the enthusiasm had moved to the Avengers. Shinier, brighter, uh, more action-packed, more, more, more compact uh, in, in terms of, of, of basically bringing all these superheroes together. It was a brand new level of, of entertainment and a brand new level of appeal. I mean, you're like, okay. So, so they got, they got superheroes, but we got a team here. We got a team 
of superheroes. Bottom line, bottom line, you had a team. You had a team. It was no longer it was no longer solo characters. It was we got a team. I mean, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Hulk, all working in unison. It was something that we, me, I've never seen that before since 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 my youth and and, and the audiences of today, the kids of today. I know at the time my kids were 12, 10, and nine, and it blew them away. And it was like I've told this story of being in the line at the coffee bean Saturday morning and the literally late 70s, early 80s couple that was rushing to get their coffee because they had to get to the movies. And I'm just, you know, they're literally right in front of me in line. And he goes, we, we, we've got to get good seats, you know. I just, I just can't believe, I can't believe we're going to see the Avengers. And I'm like, wow, this has got crossover appeal. Wow. So that's when everything shifts. Marvel takes the narrative. And in case you're wondering and you need a quick uh, revisit of, of all those numbers, well, hey, that's what I'm here for, because <laughs> uh, because it get re- gets really interesting now. Now, again, just domestically, just domestically, in the United States of America, the Avengers outgrosses Dark Knight by almost two hundred million dollars. It, it, it comes out to about, be about one hundred eighty million dollars, but it's six hundred twenty-three million to four hundred forty-eight million. That's the difference between. The Avengers and the Dark Knight Rises. So I don't. I, I do. I believe that a a shooting in Aurora, which was tragic and was terrible and definitely affected the opening weekend, is is enough to put a two hundred million dollar distance between those movies. No, the excitement level. It, it really at that point wasn't about Dark Knight. It was about Avengers. The excitement, the repeat business, the sense of awe, and oh my gosh, I can't believe what they pulled off here. And again, if you go back to the year before in twenty eleven with Captain America and Thor, both those movies did like 150, 160, 170. Like like both of those, one one of them's got 150, one of them's got 170. It, you, you, you figured, well, if we put all their grosses together, you know, Iron Man, Cap, and Thor, you, you're still gonna get a movie that's in the five hundred million dollar range, because cause Cap and Thor on their own had not achieved the same levels at, as Iron Man had. So there were some reservations that putting them all together, is that gonna really gonna work? Well, guess what? It worked. So, so Avengers grabs the excitement. Something to think about too domestically. The Hunger Games is number three, and the Hunger Games is only forty million behind Dark Knight. The the difference between Dark Knight and Hunger Games is much closer. The difference between two and three than the one hundred and eighty million separation between Avengers and Dark Knight. Now, globally, you, you get it. You get an, an even bigger, just an even bigger separation. And Dark Knight isn't even isn't even number two when we go to worldwide for twenty twelve. The Avengers is $1.5 billion, $1.5 billion for the summer of 2012, for the entire year. Number one movie of 2012. Number two is not Dark Knight, it is Skyfall. Skyfall, the, the really, what, what, what is most people's, um, it's not mine, mine is Casino Royale, but most people's favorite of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies came in with $1.1 billion. So, so, so that's $400 and $5 million behind the Avengers worldwide. Avengers 1.5, Skyfall 1.1 billion. The Dark Knight is at 1 billion, $1 billion. And right underneath Dark Knight, the original Hobbit movie is at a billion, just, just separated by a, not a whole lot. So, so your, your two and three and four are, are kind of you know close. They're separated by 20, 30, 40 million each. But boy, it's 400 million between the Avengers. Again, it, it became about something, not against something else.
Dark Knight, great movie. Skyfall, great movie. The Hobbit, you know, the curiosity was there. But the Avengers is now the champ. They've got the juice. The next year when Iron Man 3 does a billion dollars, you go, the Echo is there. Marvel has the mic. They have the control. The year after that, 2014, with Guardians of the Galaxy busting out, that movie busts out. And and that truly could have made the argument for C or D-list character because most people had never heard. And I'm going to tell you because I was there because um, people always ask me, and yes, since 2009, I was involved in the Deadpool movie. I can tell you that with great confidence. I was summoned to the uh, Lauren Schuler Donner, who was the primary producer on the X-Men movies up until that point. I was summoned up to her office. We had a meeting. It went two, two, two and a half hours, breaking story. What should we do? They acknowledged they, they grossly misused Deadpool in Wolverine Origins, but they wanted to take advantage of, of the talent, the appeal, um, and the entire just, uh, you know, presence of ryan reynolds as deadpool we started breaking story villains girlfriends secondary characters i was all i was part of all of it they found these great writers rhett reese paul paul warnick boom off to the races then i was part of the different uh pursuits of the directors finally boom tim miller tim miller brings me in great guy where we're, it, it, it's so exciting to watch this uh come together let me say first foremost on behalf of all the talent that wrote and directed the movie i had nothing to do with the writing and the directing of the movie, but they were they brought me in as the voice, as the creator from the very beginning, and I was treated spectacularly through all of this. But through all of this, again, there was roadblocks. You guys know the footage that got leaked at, at, at San Diego in, in 2014, okay? That footage, it still took another year and a half for Fox to push the button. We'll put it over the edge was Guardians of the Galaxy, the president of Fox, the president who ran everything. Jim Giannopoulos told me, Rob, Guardians went a long way in deciding the fate of us going forward with Deadpool. There was an uncertainty. The previous president did not believe in, in any aspect of Deadpool. The character, the talent behind it, none of it. He just, he just didn't think it was there even after the test footage that, that, that was literally done. Um, they're filming that Deadpool test footage at the same time Green Lantern is in theaters. You're watching Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern in the summer of 2011, and they are filming at Tim, Tim Miller's Blur Studios. They are filming the, the fight in the Escalade that went on to become, you know, the leaked footage. There was just, you know, there was great resistance. I'm bringing this up to go back to Guardians, that a talking raccoon, rock raccoon, a talking tree, Groot, uh, Star-Lord, you know, all of them. They're just, uh, Gamora, none of them were known. None of them were well-known they truly were the the most obscure of all the characters and 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 james gunn brilliant brilliant script brilliant director direction it is to me the the absolute best of all of them the best of the trilogy just electrifies people again just amplifies the excitement it's it's almost like what can marvel do wrong They, they can't do anything wrong everything is just hit 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 people are digging it winter soldier i mean Guardians of the Galaxy, this period is a very exciting time for Marvel, and they have taken control of the narrative. And the 2013 launch of Man of Steel, which, again, in one week, Man of Steel, in one week, in 2013, Man of Steel made more money than the entire theatrical run of the Brian Singer Superman. Was it called Superman Returns? I, I, I just, the Brian Singer uh, last attempt uh, with Brandon Ruth, uh, Man of Steel had Warner's just 
let that movie breathe. Given that a proper sequel, this is my opinion. I, I stand by it. But they, they felt like crap. We thought we would catch some of that momentum. By momentum, they meant billions. They thought, now we're doing Superman. We've got, we've got Nolan's on board as, 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 as either helping write the script, supervise the script. He's on as, as a producer, working alongside uh, David Goyer, working alongside Zack Snyder, and they got impatient. DC gets impatient. And that really sums up so many of their missteps during that time. You should have given Henry Cavill as Superman a Man of Steel sequel correct, course correct things that maybe the audience at large didn't like, but look at what it did make. It moved the needle. It was the biggest of the non-Batman franchises that they had put out there and had nothing but upside. What everyone loved was Henry Cavill, okay? They loved him. They loved Superman. And and you can mature him, grow him, give him a proper, proper sequel, put Brainiac in it, bring us more Lex Luthor, whatever. Um, just get there, you know, continue to have faith as Marvel did in launching Thor, in launching Captain America, in building these franchises, in doing an Iron Man one in doing an Iron Man two, and then putting all the pieces together to get to something like Avengers. It cannot be underscored that the lack of patience that that particular Warner brothers regime had is semi the reason that we are in this conundrum that they currently find themselves in. And believe me, they are in a conundrum. But you, I, I don't need to tell you anything that you don't already know. We're just dis- discussing all of this because it's your point of interest and it is most certainly my point of interest. I try to stay away from this because there's all sorts of different voices that give you their perspective. But I'm, I'm, I'm just culminating again um, um, what, 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 some of the missteps, some of the advantages, some of the different pole positions that happened as, as each universe either rose or, or failed to rise. So Guardians of the Galaxy is now just all the buzz. And I also believe, now I know that, that this next movie that we're going to discuss, it wasn't a result of Guardians of the Galaxy. It was already in development. They already wanted to get it off the ground. It would have gotten off the ground even sooner. But but it, it, it ran into its own number of, of obstacles and roadblocks. Marvel had been developing Ant-Man, okay? Now, now again, we are, we are definitely in the C-level list of characters. Now, I've been collecting comics since 1974. Uh, I know what the comic books that, that, that move the needle, I know what those look like. I know what the comic books that sold well for both companies. I know what, what the titles were. I know the comic books that were limited in their uh, appeal and the ones that couldn't hold their own series because they couldn't hold the attention of the reader of the fan. But like Iron Man, Ant-Man as a movie had great upside. Even though the character was not in the A or B category, I would definitely put Ant-Man in the C level again. But, but I'm sure that at this point, you know, they're looking at Guardians of the Galaxy. They're looking at what they've done with everything in the Marvel, you know, universe up until that point, And they think this is a no-brainer. So in the late 80s, for those of us who were in our late teens, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids with Rick Moranis uh, and its subsequent sequel. I think that's called Honey, I, I Blew Up the Baby. But Honey, I Shrunk the Kids took the, uh, I, I've been seeing people shrunk. Uh, there was TV shows, little people you know, uh, running around and, and, and it's a great special effects. It's a great special effect to pull off, whether it's with practical or now with, you know, computer graphics to shrink people, you know? Um, and, and, uh, 
And I'm sure Marvel said, we have a superhero who we can go to the well that made those Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Because Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was a breakout hit. Giant, huge family uh, blockbuster. Blockbuster. Uh, nobody really saw it coming, but it is. And, and to this day, if you go see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you'll have a great time. It's a great movie. I'm sure Marvel's like, we are going to do the superhero application of all of the fun stuff that they did with people who get small. Because when you get small and you can run into bookshelves and hide behind books and, 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 and go into the pantry and hide behind the, uh, you know, the, the, the cans of soup or run out, you know, into the yard and a single blade of grass can, can, can conceal you. And oh my gosh, you're, you're, you're being chased by a lawnmower and, and now the dog can lick you and, and, and swallow you with his tongue. And, and I mean, all of the advantages of shrinking down to microscopic size. It's something I am sure that Marvel wanted to take a swing at, and they could because they had one of the premier shrinking heroes. Um, Ant-Man and Wasp were, you know, as old as the Avengers, uh, What was, was a long-standing Marvel franchise, and it was worth a giant swing, even though, like Guardians of the Galaxy and like Iron Man, it had never topped the charts, and really more so than both, Ant-Man had struggled to carry his own uh, series, had, had struggled to carry you know, his own franchise in the comic book world. And certainly there was not a, uh, a giant movement of toys and, and merchandise ever in conjunction with Ant-Man. But Ant-Man, uh, they had been developing with Edgar Wright, the uh, storied, you know, amazing uh, 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 Shaun of the Dead uh, director. Edgar Wright is so ridiculously talented. But for whatever reason, there was a philosophical, visionary, just... You know, uh, what, what what's the famous thing they call it? You know, just you know, they 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 just couldn't come together on, on their visions for the movie. And Kevin Feige is the boss, so uh, they went in separate directions. It delayed the actual production of Ant Man, which would have presumably come out much earlier had the Edgar Wright uh, snafu not occurred. But it did, and it put it back. And eventually, we get Ant Man in uh, in 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 the summer of 2015, and of course they 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 cast Paul Rudd, and uh, and they get the very talented because I'm telling you, uh, Down with Love is one of my favorite movies, the Bring It On franchise. Uh, Peyton Reed ridiculously talented, and 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 he hit it out of the park with Ant Man. Super fun movie. I remember. That summer, I was bogged down with work, and one afternoon, Joy said, hey, Olivia and I are going to go see Ant-Man. I hadn't seen it yet. They went and saw it on their own, and they came back and said, Rob, you are going to love it. It is such a great time at the movies. It's such a great cinematic experience, and of course, I saw it a few days later, and I was like, wow, this movie just rocked. It crushes. I also truly, really enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp, the the sequel. I thought I thought that had a ton of great stuff, and again, did capitalize on the... the uh, the the long-standing cinematic uh, history of depicting you know microscopic people. Uh, I mean, down to even even when you're talking like inner space with Dennis Quaid, uh, Martin Short, uh, and, and all the different like I said the, the the TV shows that I watched in my youth that that depicted microscopic people. And and just for the record, those shows, Land of the Giants, World of the Giants, stuff that I saw on repeats as a kid, again, dealing with small people running around. And again, in terms of like practical, uh, you know, they'd have balls of yarn and, 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 uh, and bottles that they could stand next to, right? And, uh, and then there's that Twilight, Twilight Zone episode where, where all the dolls are in the trash can. I mean, there's, there's some great stuff to be 
taken from microscopic or, or shrinking people. And so Ant-Man capitalized it. But here, here's the deal. Guardians of the Galaxy was one thing. Now Ant-Man is quite another, but it succeeds. It does well. It doesn't do as well as any of the other Marvel movies at the time, but it does very, very well. It gives them hope. People love Paul Rudd. He's so charismatic. His, his, his depiction of Scott Lang is fantastic. But this kind of signals where we're going. All the, all the time this is going on, the giant X-Men universe is still over at Fox. So is the storied Fantastic Four uh, franchise, as is the entire Spider-Man franchise over at Sony. So two rival studios, competitive studios, studios that would compete for Disney and Marvel for release dates, for uh, which tie up screens, which, uh, you know, matters when you're making these giant big blockbuster movies. I'm going to tell you firsthand, people at Fox were not excited to get bought by Disney. That's not a secret. They wanted Rupert Murdoch not to sell the movie division, but of course, Rupert Murdoch saw like, wait, you're going to give me $70 billion that a bidding war broke out between Comcast and Disney. Growing that deal from 40 to 50 to 60 to 70 billion, Rupert Murdoch, love him, hate him, not here to discuss anything other than the fact that as a businessman, he looked at that and said, 70 billion, I'm in, all in. He even got to keep some of his like more, I, w- I would say, favorite assets, such as, as, his, as his Fox networks. But he, he sold the Fox, a lot of the TV library, and the entire film library. And it goes to Disney in a $70 billion deal. At that time, the Fox people, and and by this time, between Deadpool 1 and 2, I knew them very well. So I'm going to give you this little bit of insight, which is they were not excited to be purchased. It was the train had left the station. They knew that it was inevitable, but they still ran Fox. They still ran Fox for another year. They moved Deadpool uh, back on the calendar. And by by I mean back away from June and into May. And now we're opening two weeks after Infinity War. You're like, Rob, Infinity War is a monster. It was. It was a monster. But Deadpool was also a monster two years before. Little little engine that could that made 700, almost $800 million. The original Deadpool. I mean, big, big audience pleaser. Made more. It's domestic gross. Deadpool's domestic gross was bigger than the domestic Tom Holland Spider-Man, the first Tom Holland Spider-Man film with Michael Keaton as the vulture, with Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Deadpool had legs. The audiences wanted to accommodate Deadpool. So that means big premium screens, the, 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 the PDX, the 4DX, and the IMAX screens were going to go mostly to Deadpool in its opening weekend. Deadpool was opening after in, in Infinity War by many weeks and after Solo. Now it's in between Disney's two prime assets that summer. And Fox is smirking and laughing and doing it 100%, 100% um, just out of, uh, we don't give a shit. We think this is better for us. Make the money earlier. We are bold, we are un- unafraid, and we are going to go right into the teeth of Disney, who is going to own us eventually. But right now, we're going to move this two weeks into Infinity War and a week ahead of Solo. And they did. A- and again, believe me, trust me when I tell you, these, these marketing execs at Fox, these movie executives, they were gleeful because they knew it pissed Disney off at the time. Because most of them were going to, and I can tell you right now, did lose their jobs in the, mer- in the merger. Disney believes they would have made more money had Deadpool not landed two weeks outside of Infinity War because, again, it took screens away from them, which is when you take a premium screen with a 4 or $5 upcharge, and that goes to another movie, and you're used to that grind on your side, and it goes away. It, 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 it affects the bottom line. I don't know how much money they believe it would have taken away, but obviously Deadpool opened huge, 
and made, again, that, that year, Deadpool made another $800 million with a budget nowhere near what was being spent on Infinity War. But Infinity War, again, bumps up, does the billion-dollar business. But that only uh, illustrates, because again, I was there, I was privy to it. Both sides, Disney, disgruntled, Fox, gleefully kind of, you know, playing the, the bad boy role. Because Marvel is now going to, you know, have them on their side and have less competition to worry about. They were going to control more. If they could find a way to get Sony uh, to sell them Spider-Man for, for a reasonable price, they would. They just would. That, that, that That's a fact. They want everything under one umbrella and mainly because of the competition. And some of that's going to gonna be discussed here uh, with, 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 with how, how this summer is playing out. So that's an example of, you know, Disney, by then buying Fox, eliminates whatever percentage of that competition that existed, even if, it, if it's down to science fiction movies. And, and, don't, and believe me, you don't think that, that Disney appreciated having another giant Fox asset, Avatar 2, as it went on to become the biggest movie the last year? You know, that Christmas release. Do you remember how many people told you that Avatar 2 wasn't going to work? Boom, biggest movie of the year. Suddenly, uh, you know, outgrosses Top Gun, which no one really considered was as a thing. And, and people continue, unbelievably, to, to undermine and, and, uh, and, and somehow just bet against James Cameron. But anyway, that asset is now a Disney asset. And, and again, they can now control even more windows and be the people that are spoiling things for other studios, for Warner Brothers, for Sony, for, uh, you know, uh, New Line, uh, MGM, Universal. If I already said Universal, forgive me. Bottom line, Marvel was trying to build their own uh, prior to this idea that they would purchase Fox uh, and, and collect on X-Men and Fantastic Four and all the other assets. They were trying to build their war chest beyond Cap, beyond Iron Man, beyond Thor, beyond the Avengers. Now Guardians of the Galaxy, now Ant-Man's got a spinoff. Of course, we know Black Panther became a cultural event on top of being a really cool movie. It became a giant, you know, explosion. But it's right after this, this you know, incredible in-game experience, which was phenomenal. We all loved it. It was a communal experience for all of us. But it did, in effect, achieve an ending of sorts. I was told by an editor I did not care much for over at DC Comics uh, at one point that every time you finish a storyline, especially you finish a giant crossover, you have given people an off-ramp. You have given them an exit that they can say, well, that, that satisfied me. And especially if it's as satisfying as it was in regards to something like an endgame or, and I've talked about it, while I didn't love it, there's no doubt that audiences worldwide loved the wrap-up of Return of the Jedi, the original trilogy. And so when they say goodbye to Star Wars with Return of the Jedi in 1983, it was like, well, okay, we, we were satisfied. We loved seeing the Luke Skywalker story, to, to see, seeing Luke and his friends battle the Empire, get the best of them, redeem Darth Vader, whatever. Endgame was incredibly satisfying and put a bow around so much of what Marvel had been building towards for all those years. So now you go, next phase. Well, to Feige's credit, He's like, I can keep doing this. I can keep making, you know, some of these obscure titles, but interesting concepts. I can do this and I can, I can make these into movies. Boom. Green light, Shang-Chi. Green light, Eternals. Green light, Black Widow solo prequel movie. Green light, Ant-Man 3. So I keep going back to like consistent franchises, the ones that sell again and again and again. 
Batman for DC now has roughly 20 books a month that it is the face of some somewhere in the Batman family, whether it's five, six dedicated Batman, a Batman medieval book, two Robins, a Nightwing, Batgirl, Catwoman. You see where I'm going with this. X-Men does the same. X-Men has 15, 20 titles that they, that they commandeer. Uh, it's a giant best-selling franchise that Marvel depends on. Spider-Man, back in the saddle, top, top franchise for Marvel Comics. Uh, commands multiple issues, giant franchises. What has not been able to duplicate that is Black Panther, is Ant-Man, is the Eternals, is Shang-Chi, is Iron Fist, is Daredevil, some of the the cool stuff that we loved on Netflix. Uh, And then there's this portal of Disney Plus that I'm not going to get deep into, but we all know there there, there is an animal there that has to be fed. That is a beast. That is a churn that needs product, which has come in the, you know, in the form of, you know, Ms. Marvel in in, in the form of She-Hulk. Uh, not in the form of Wolverine and not in the form of Spider-Man or some of the A-list titles. There are A-list franchises. There just are. Can you turn an obscure franchise into an A-list uh, title? We, we've seen it with, with, with Guardians and we've seen it with Ant-Man. But in, in regards to Ant-Man, it just ran out of gas sooner than later. I'm not, and, and, and you know, Bob Iger, who has come back to, to helm uh, Disney after leaving for a few years, has said maybe some of these movies don't, don't, Deserve a third franchise. Doctor Strange, a, a solid B-list character, enjoyed his movies very much. Uh, the, the second movie was, was felt more of a you know universe movie than a standalone Doctor Strange movie. I think we don't, we can all agree on that somewhat. I really enjoyed the original Doctor Strange. I thought it was incredibly character driven, like Iron Man and Captain America were character driven. The, the 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 best of those franchises were character driven less than universe or, or multiverse or whatever, you know, uh, an interconnected tissue-driven uh, uh, theme. The character-driven stuff works. It, it worked with Chris, you know, with, with, with the Chris Nolan Batman movies. It, it worked with those Sam Raimi movies. It worked with the best of the X-Men. It worked with Deadpool. It worked with Iron Man. It worked with Captain America. Uh, look, the, the character work done in the Guardians movies works. But here we are in post whatever phase it is. You're like life of this phase four, phase five. Honestly, my my head is spinning. Again, when you when you start accounting for the Disney Plus aspect and how those feed the system and 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 maybe serve to somewhat distract. Uh, in in the best case scenario, maybe they build up. Wandavision certainly, I think, helped the Marvel brand overall. I'm not sure that all of them have. Uh, but WandaVision is the best case scenario. Uh, it took a big swing. It was artsy. It was innovative. It was clever. And it was very successful and commercial at the same time. And that's when you go, wow, we got we everything came together to work together for the better good for the commerce and the art. But when you're putting that much product out, I'm not sure that that's possible. Captain Marvel, uh, the Brie Larson, Carol Danvers standalone movie, I will go on record as believing it definitely benefited from being wedged in between Infinity War and Endgame. It had connective tissue. It became kind of a must-see chapter. The chapters, we gotta miss the, we, 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 we can't miss the chapters as the chapters of each story were unfolding. It definitely became part of the, the serialized storytelling building towards Endgame. But since then, mixed results. Shang-Chi, Eternals, Black Widow, uh, Ant-Man, the, the fourth uh, Thor, Doctor Strange, all fall under some successful, some mixed results. And then you get to Guardians 3. And that's where I want to dwell for a minute. Guardians 3 started out the gate. Uh, the news reports were like, it's not doing Guardians 2 business. But look, here's the deal. Really, movie theaters, 
you know, in 2021, they were coming out of it. They were, they were Free Guy was a hit. Uh, great, great movie by Sean Levy and, and Ryan Reynolds. Just a fantastic effort. Um, there were diff- there were different, um, you know, solos, uh, singles, singles and doubles being hit by the studios. But there was not one giant blockbuster until last year. 2022 Top Gun just blew everybody away. And look, at the end of the day. We, as a audience, have consistently, historically rallied to our cinematic fighter pilots, whether it's Will Smith in Independence Day, the original Top Gun with Tom Cruise, or then the legacy uh, sequel that is Top Gun Maverick. Packed him and packed him in for months and months and months. And then when things slowed down, Avatar closed the year on the strongest of strong notes. And the Christmas prior to that, Spider-Man No Way Home with its giant, big, multiversal, multiversal swing. Landed the plane in a giant way. Biggest Spider-Man movie ever. Biggest, I mean, just a giant, massive, incredible crowd pleaser. But again, that's a co-production with Sony. That is not a wholly Marvel-produced and Disney-distributed movie. Sony has a great deal of say and a great deal of financial uh, uh, profitability in that movie. Marvel is kind of the lower position in terms of finances on that. But it all goes to the greater good of building up the Marvel brand, which goes to your toy shelf and your comic book publications. So, so again, a victory for a Sony Marvel movie is a victory for Marvel, period. But so we've gotten into basically some of these, I would say, lesser known, and I'll, I'll stick with more obscure and, and definitely not A-list characters. And we've had them for a long time, and we haven't had a diet of so much of what we demand and we want, and that is the top franchises. Avengers is cooling off. We are trusting that that's coming back. We know that's coming back with the Kang Dynasty and and uh, and, I, and I believe Secret Wars, or, or I, I believe that's the, 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 the other Avengers movie. But we want X-Men. We want Fantastic Four. We want the big dogs to hunt. And, and the public is getting, I think, a little antsy. I think you'd agree with me. I think we can agree on that one point. The, the public is getting antsy. The, we want the A-list material, the stuff that has for 30, 40 years been associated as the top, the very best. You know, prior to the cinematic universe, X-Men had cartoons. X-Men had hit comic books. X-Men had hit toy lines. Fantastic Four had hit comics. It was one of the number one, it was the number one team franchise for Marvel for a decade. It had spinoffs. The thing was as popular as Wolverine in his own day. There was toys. There was cartoons. Multiple years of cartoons of Fantastic Four, of X-Men. X-Men was the top-rated Saturday morning cartoon forever. It connected. It was huge. It's coming back. There's going to be a sequel. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Of course, we're all anticipating it. It's been delayed, but when it lands, it's going to be incredibly uh, just, just consumed with a fever. So, this summer... Guardians 3 lands. It's not doing Guardians 2 business, but then something happens. It just legs out. It has those wonderful legs that just keep chugging week in, week out. Maybe people didn't make it their first priority the weekend it came out. They made it, they caught it the second priority. It had an incredible hold. James Gunn stepped up. Everyone had kind of a mixed uh, feeling. Some, some people I heard uh, talk about how it wasn't the the depiction of Adam Warlock that they wanted. I don't think that really determined the box office success. I think people are just slowly continuing to get back to movies. And what we're looking at right now, what we're looking at right now at this moment is if we go back in time and we study uh, the the box office for these Guardians movies, the information is fantastic. Guardians won the surprise of 2014. Did 700 and did $773 million. It did $333 million 
In the United States, it did 439 uh, worldwide for a, com- a combination of 773 million. Huge for a movie with characters that nobody had heard of. Three years later, you get Guardians 2. It explodes, blows those numbers up. It literally adds uh, $100 million to its, to, to its final tally. 863 million, 756. I mean, 863 million and some change. And 756,000. I mean, that is monster. In the United States, it did 389. So it went up almost 50 million overseas. It went up another like 30 million. So, so it really, it, it, it added just shy of $100 million. That movie is on, on you know, Guardians was not a fluke. It, 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 it burst forth. It, it expanded. People really enjoyed that movie. It, it got that all-important spring window launch that Marvel likes to put, like that late April, early May. We're looking at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Do you, do you know where it sits? If you look back, would you, are you surprised to learn that it's $837 million? It's $837 million. It keeps chugging. It is 20-something, 27 whatever million dollars behind Guardians Volume 2, which obviously is a different world. We didn't have the pandemic. We didn't have these habits that we form where people like myself are actually more at, 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 at home with these giant luxury uh, uh, recliners that I've invested in and the big screen, 4K screens. I mean, I, I, I love my home theater. You love your home theater. And some of you are going to say, my home theater is on the run with me in my pocket in terms of my big giant phone or my big giant iPad. I've seen it. I have kids. I know. They don't always want to come down and see things on the big screen. They want to see it, you know, in their room and less and less and less are they going to the movies. My own son, who I who I talk about all the time, never, ever missed a Marvel movie. And up till now, he has not missed one. He's still going. But he confessed to me, 23 years old, in the business uh, world now, private sector, making his own money, has his own place. He says, Dad, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm semi-losing interest in, in some of this stuff. And, and, and the DC stuff alone, he is peeling away from. He is losing interest. As for Marvel, Guardians is the bright shining star. It is the bright shining star that tells you that, that if you make it and you make it good and quality is there. And trust me, I remember the soundtrack to Guardians 3. Fantastic. Amazing. The, 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 the final 30 minutes, everything's coming together. And then that final five minutes where you see the joy of, of, of the completion of this journey. Yes, the family's being fractured. I'm trying not to spoil it, but certain things are coming together. Certain things are being torn apart. And, um, but there's, there's, there's joy in, in the completion of this journey. And James Gunn most certainly absolutely landed the plane with Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And the fact that it is within striking distance, and I believe by the end of the summer, it will match or exceed the gross of 2017s. Okay. I mean, six years ago, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, okay? Now you're like, or at Liefeld, it's, it's getting the benefit of all those up, upcharged screens, the PDX, the 40X, the IMAX. Of course it is, just like so many others. But Guardians of the Galaxy, there it is, right there. Yes, Ant-Man 3 was seen as a disappointment. It didn't have the juice. It didn't have the, 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 um, the, the whatever it was, the appeal to the masses. But Guardians brought them out. They loved it. It has performed surprisingly well right now as i am giving you this podcast guardians of the galaxy 3 is the number one movie of the summer of 2023 it trails super mario brothers which is a phenomenon a a giant celebrated video game movie that 
that pleased the masses. But as far as the summer and the number two spot, we are looking at Guardians of the Galaxy. It is holding strong. Marvel still has the goods, still has, uh, you know, pole position in, in, in regards to being the preferred uh, destination for moviegoers, for comic book superheroes on the big screen, cinematic, you know, depictions of superheroes. $837 million. Do, do you believe, as I do, that it will catch $860 million? I do. It's not that far off, and, the, and, and it's still legging out. And even if it gets, just gets close, and maybe, maybe Guardians ends up you know, edging it out. But again, we are looking at an almost $100 million increase over the first one that everyone loved and adored. Marvel is in a good place, but that does not mean that they are you know, completely safe. Again, the audience... And the Marvel brand name became enough for them to go out and explore Eternals and explore Shang-Chi and explore Black Widow and explore a fourth Thor movie and a second Black Panther. I mean, you know, even with the tragedy that befell that particular franchise with the loss of Chadwick Boseman. But as we look to the future, you know, right before I went on vacation, they determined that Deadpool would come out next, next spring, first week of May. And you look at it and you go, Deadpool Wolverine. What's not to love? Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, finally together. Their YouTube announcement that they were going to do that movie late September of last year blew up the internet. Okay, uh, I'm telling you. Now, Disney has very much asked me to not say anything, and so I don't. Um, but but I'm telling you, I think what interests moviegoers going forward is, does this movie matter? Does this particular movie matter? And I am here to tell you, yes, Deadpool 3 will matter. I believe it will matter. That is my safe. <laughs> well, when I can look at, at the executives and say, look, I just said it was going to matter. I believe, my belief, Rob Liefeld's belief, based on the previous success of every Deadpool movie and every Wolverine movie, that this movie will matter. It will matter to you. It will matter to the public who wants to hear Ryan Reynolds be Deadpool again, who wants to see Ryan and Hugh have as good a time on screen as they did in their YouTube launch. I think Marvel was smart moving that up to the May the May position. It was going to be out like Thanksgiving of 2024. Now you're, you're jumping. Again, people, look, if you count May, June, July, August, September, October, November, that's seven months, seven named months. You go, but in between, it's only... Six or so months, it doesn't matter. They moved it back from November, October, September, August, July, June, Bing, May. And I believe that movie is a representation of where Marvel is going to continue to head. You've got Captain America um, coming out after that. The, the, the New World Order, I think they've, they, they've, they've talked of, with Harrison Ford. And 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 we, we keep reading all the buzz and all the juice on that movie. And I think again they're they're now moving into let's call them the heavy hitters. The heavy hitters are coming back. There is no way you can look at the box office of Deadpool's last two movies, eight hundred and eight hundred. We're talking Guardians level success. Okay? These are blockbusters, these matter. Guardians of the Galaxy mattered. It was James Gunn's swan song. It was these characters, the end of this journey that they had gone on in this uh this this trilogy that was envisioned. And remember, it was also derailed. James Gunn was run out of Marvel briefly over, over uh, you know, this ridiculous episode that I don't ever believe he should have been uh, 
you know, pen, penalized or, or uh, negatively impacted by, but it was the, the, the politics and the, and, and the fever of the day. And it delayed that. I mean, in that time, he went and made Suicide Squad and Peacemaker before coming all the way back to make Guardians 3. So think of that delay. And it still has the appeal because it matters. These these movies are going to matter. Now, you're going to say, Liefeld, you're skipping my Marvels. I am, and I'm going to give myself a... I'm going to give myself an out to skip Marvels. I I just don't know that um, that that movie has enough for me, enough appeal for me. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, okay? And uh, and that's coming in November. But uh, I'll tell you this: if it has a Deadpool trailer, you know, maybe I don't know that it does. But you're talking November and, and Deadpool coming out in May. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm you know, if, 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 if it's a big world word, but, uh, Marvel's, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of figuring that, that following guardians, we just are interested in movies that matter. Do I believe Deadpool three is going to matter? I do. Do I believe captain America new world order is going to matter? I do. And as they move towards these new Avengers movies, I believe, let's say Marvel's coming out of an experimental phase, an experimental phase that was brought on by the success of movies like Ant-Man and guardians of the galaxy. That said, let's let, let's take some bigger swings. Let's get Shang Chi established. Let's get the Eternals out there. Some of those visions work better than others, but there is no denying that none of those were a list, you know, heavy hitter categories. They were that they wanted to give those franchises a launch. They wanted to give them a shot. And uh, and next summer, we are returning to the heavy hitters. The Captain America movies have performed huge for Marvel. Just upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. I believe Captain America New World Order has, we have every reason to believe that it is going to excite us, but do I believe that it is going to matter? I do. Do I believe Deadpool and Wolverine, Deadpool 3 is going to matter? I do. And and, and I, I think Marvel is going to reshape uh, their narrative and get back on the holy shit, blockbuster, can't believe this, super excited path that they were on that really started in 2008 gained all sorts of crazy momentum in 2012 and just took off, you know, in 2014, heading right into, you know, 2019's Endgame. But again, when you end a story, you give people an exit. And some people didn't want to take the trips with the new faces. Marvel lost Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Chris Evans retired. Sadly, tragically, Chadwick Boseman passed away. Uh, Black Widow, as a character, as you know, can only live in prequels because she doesn't She's not around anymore. So, so many of the familiar faces that Marvel built their franchise were gone at the end of Endgame. You know, so, and they haven't been back. You know, kudos to Chris Hemsworth for, for, for staying in the fight and, 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 uh, and being as appealing and, and as incredibly accomplished as he has been with all his different outings as Thor. But next summer, I believe Marvel solves their problems. Where does this leave DC? This is for another podcast. Our next episode will continue the comic book movie mayhem, and we're going to look at it from DC's point of view because they have uh, they have a hill to climb. They have a far greater hurdle, I believe, determined by everything I just laid out for you. Guardians three is going to match Guardians two with with all within within an inch or exceed it. It's gotten there. In an incredibly competitive summer with other giant blockbusters coming at it. The Transformers. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. We're going to get into that next time. We're going to do the Sony movies. Craven, more 
more across the Spider-Verse, beyond the Spider-Verse, more more Tom Holland Spider-Man, what is going on with Madam Web, all of that stuff, and the DC movies in our next installment as we look at what's going on in today's movies with comic book movie mayhem. But a uh, lot, lot to consider, but Marvel, I believe, has absolutely 1,000% uh, positioned themselves to, to recapture the magic without without question uh so so it's it's going to be exciting and may uh, for, for for me deadpool 3 and and captain america new world order cannot get here uh fast enough for absolute certain our our next episode will cover the relatively steep hill uh that is facing dc comics with james gunn so i'm just re-emphasizing uh that th- this is going to take another another bit of time so we're going to dive into that in part two uh and 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 there will be much more analysis to come thank you so much for listening to the show thank you for for tuning in thank you for your support i i feel you i hear you i see you um expressing your affection for the show again this show born in in really just abject loneliness i cannot emphasize that enough during the pandemic wanting to talk and discuss comics but everyone got kind of weird everyone got even more isolated more withdrawn and uh, and the, there just there was no new comics there was no new entertainment coming out and so i dove into this to chronicle my love and my passion for comics and i, and I hope you pick that up uh, each and every time again even even with with these subjects today which are definitely more uh focused on the cinematic achievements and and the cinematic challenges of of adapting all these comic book superheroes and look also just just a little tiny little bow on it there is there is no way to completely uh appreciate and emphasize the success that marvel films had that that vision from 2008 through 2019 was the most powerful vision ever uh the, the, the biggest success considered in in town when I do m- meetings with other studios and I'm talking about other projects. I mean, it is Marvel is considered the top franchise. It it, it jumped everything: Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, uh, uh, Star Wars, James Bond. It just it jumped everything. And uh, so yeah, I just I hope I hope uh, the passion that started three years ago, you guys continue to feel it. I I, I appreciate you so much. We already did our uh, our our our. Uh, review that we read at the top of the hour again if you put those reviews down i will read them i will read them uh during the show maybe i'm changing it up maybe maybe you don't know when it's going to come maybe there'll be two maybe there'll be three i I gotta i gotta change this up we are we are uh so many years so many episodes into this show just trying to keep it fresh i want to tell you that you can find me on social media i am always uh checking my different platforms just like the rest of you uh using them to connect and to promote uh either stuff that i love or or stuff that i'm doing as i mentioned earlier deadpool batter blood continues it comes out every month it launched in june there's going to be an issue in july august september october uh huge big just love letter to the characters that i created like deadpool and cable um all brand new uh Characters and villains like Shatterstorm and Thumper and and Killville and, and and some I'm gonna I'm gonna hold close to my vest. There, there's some great stuff that we've we've hidden from you that I hope you really enjoy. But uh, that that that's out now. You can get that first issue. The second printing because it sold out is coming out the same day as the second issue. The second printing of issue one is coming out the same day as uh, Deadpool Batterblood two. So it's a great sync up. 
at your store. You can grab both in case you missed it, in case you want uh, now to complete your set and have the second printings, which have some slight alterations. There's also a variant. Uh, so, 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 so look for those. And uh, I just, again, thank you for supporting my work. Thank you for supporting my career. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, those comics, those comics, whether it's Deadpool, Batter Blood, or anything that you dig, I should just segue before I continue on to the social media platforms. You can send those into CGC. You have about a, a few weeks left. The deadline is July 23rd. They will be accepting your books on site at San Diego Comic Con. You can send your books in, whatever it is. So many of you, some of you are, are, are sending in some of my earliest work, my Megaton stuff. Um, my image, my young blood, my, my brigade work, my profit work on top of new mutants in X-Force and Deadpool and Captain America and the Avengers and snake eyes and all the other franchises that I've been a part of and that I've been, um, just so, so excited to, 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 to partake in the Wolverine issues that those are, those are, those are big ones. Uh, uh, issue 154 and 155, the Deadpool Wolverines. Um, I'll tell you a sleeper. I'm going to tell you right now, X-Force 4, second volume X-Force 4. I think it came out in 2004. It's got Wolverine battling Shatterstar and Deadpool is jumping into the fray. I'm, I'm telling you that's a sleeper. That that's one you should consider. All things considered, that's the one that that's, that's another you can, you should consider the Deadpool core books. Definitely. Um, you should consider those books that there's little, there's a couple of, 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 you know, sleepers in, in the career here that are bound to pop and pop sooner than you think. So, uh, send those to CGC, go to the CGC website, look up Rob Liefeld, the, the, the private in-house signing, uh, follow those details, follow those forms, all the special, uh, the, the, the chisel, the sketches, the remarks, those are all done. Those are all sold out. They have been since the day they put them up, but there's still room to get these. They have a special custom Liefeld label. I would love for you to partake in that. I am so proud that I have a, um, a, a special custom label from CGC. So, so take part in that, um, get, get your books into CGC as soon as you can. Speaking of San Diego Comic-Con, I, I know they call it Comic-Con International now, but come on, man, I grew up San Diego Comic-Con. I think I was counting out and this will be my 41st, my 41st San Diego Comic-Con, my absolute 41st, because I have been going as a fan since 1982, and, and here we are in 2023. Please uh, come and see me. I am signing. Uh, last year, I was hosted by the good people at Hot Flips. Uh, they're, they're, they had a booth in Artist Alley. Their booth number that you should come and, and, and see me at is, uh, is where you're going to find me. Uh, is where you're going to find me on Thursday, on Friday, and Saturday. I'll be doing signings. Uh, follow my social media. I'll be posting. Their booth in Artist Alley at San Diego Comic Con is 5569. The Hot Flips booth, 5569, is where I'll be. I'll be bringing all of my exclusive variants, some of the stuff. Maybe you're not on Whatnot. We're going to promote Whatnot in a minute because I want you. I want to see you there if possibly can on Whatnot. And I'll be doing signings in San Diego from the Whatnot platform. But here's the deal. You want to get those exclusives that are only available online. Uh, you come see me in person at San Diego. We have a special VIP package. You should go to my website, robliefeldcreations.com, robliefeldcreations.com, and secure yourself a front row, uh, front, front, front of the line access so that you're first in the line so you can get back to all your crazy business at Comic-Con. But come, come see me at the Hot Flips booth one more time for you uh, at 5569. I can't wait to see you guys. Haven't done any, uh, really, I did one store appearance in the last year. This is my first store signing in one entire year. I'm sorry, my first con signing in an entire year. So I hope to see you. 
Can't wait to interact with you. Love to uh, share all these great exclusives. And even if you just want to walk by, tap fist. You know, I always appreciate it so much. I love a, a, a good drive by, a good a good wave by, a good pass by, a walk by. Okay, and uh, so so that that's my San Diego details, my CGC details. You can reach me as I said a few minutes ago on Twitter. I'm at Robert Liefeld. Somehow the blue check miraculously uh, reappeared. I don't know when it's going to disappear, but it's back. Robert Liefeld, at Robert Liefeld, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. That is my Twitter handle. It has a blue check next to it uh, for now. <laughs> so so see if you can check me out on Twitter. Love talking to you guys, um, going back and forth, uh, all, all of the di- different discussions. I really try and just share what I love Um experiences I've had, uh, some great statistics. Like like recently I've been I've been figuring out a bunch of statistics in regards to to Jack the King Kirby wanted to wanted to express like the amount of pages this cat was doing. You know, definitely for an eight year period, he was just cranking it out. Or, or it's even more to be honest in the earlier period, but but he locked in and from about 1970 to 1978, and I shared those statistics with you guys. You guys were, were really um, wonderful in, in, in your reaction to it. So I, I love Twitter. I love talking to you. I read your mentions. I, I read your replies, your DMs. Thank you for following me on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. On Instagram, I'm at Rob Liefeld. I try and put up my travels, my, 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 my foodie interests, my comic book work, my sketches, my art, my line art, colored pages, previews, all of that is taking place over on my Instagram account. I'm at Rob Liefeld. I also am fortunate enough to have a blue check over there that verifies in both cases that you're really speaking to me. That is, for people like me, that's that's the, um, because there's imposter accounts and the blue check tells you that you are talking to the real deal. On Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld. Hope to see you on both Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook group. It's fantastic. Uh, art contest, uh, uh, a lot more in-depth discussion. It's where so many of the discussions that we have here go deeper, further, um, uh, you know, back and forth, more pages of comments and, 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 and picking each other's brains. That group is called Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond. It's a group that has two administrators. I'm one of them. The other is Terry Sala, S-A-L-A. In case you see his name, he may be, depending on what time of the day it is, the person that clicks you through. He runs our art contest. He's the, just, we've been co-administrating this site, this page uh, it's not a page, it's a group, a group on Facebook for so long. Please join the fun. Rob Liefeld, uh, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. We're just having a blast over there. Love to see you pop in and join in the fun. There's an app, it's called Whatnot. I'm on it. I've been on it. I took about a three-week break, but I will be back uh, doing live stream shows. I talk directly into the camera to you. So many of the exclusives, my exclusive on New Mutants 98, facsimile edition that I did for Whatnot, my Brigade Whatnot exclusive, my Wolverine and Deadpool featured um, Batter Blood number one exclusive. There's six, six exclusive Whatnot variants on th- that I did for Deadpool Batter Blood number one exclusively with Whatnot that you can only get on whatnot. You you go live, I am I am I am giving you uncut X-Force sheets, older comics, maybe something in the New Mutants or the X-Force run that you dig, maybe my maybe a rare Snake Eyes comic, uh one of the Captain Americas Fighting American, we sell toys, pops, uh action figures, anything in my categories. I I share with you stuff that I I have to do with um we put up and 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 while we are on the live stream, I share those with you to see if you're interested in them and you could partake and, and purchase them directly from us. We have a fantastic rating on whatnot. Our shipping is um, unreal. But it, the bottom line, it's a great chance to hang. I love the discussion. We have a great community on whatnot. And that's what it's all about. It's about community and connecting. 
And if there's stuff that you want to um, purchase from us, it's available while we are live. I generally go twice a week. So if you sign up on Whatnot, follow Rob Liefeld. And when I go live, it'll it'll give you a, uh, a heads up. I'll schedule a show. You'll get that notification and, and, and uh, you'll be able to decide if you want to join us. Again, I'll be sitting there talking into the camera um, the entire time. I'm a little more unhinged. I'm de- people have noticed I'm nicer on the podcast because I'm doing this early in the morning. And, it, and, and, and at night when old man Liefeld gets grumpy, he's on whatnot. If you want to risk that, uh, you know, join us on whatnot. Follow me, Rob Liefeld. You'll get notifications when I do uh, new shows. So let me see. We did San Diego. We did CGC. We, we've we've done all of these uh, different social media platforms, groups, and and whatnot. And so that's just all the different ways that you can continue to find me in between on this show. Thank you for promoting the show. The show means the world to me. I love talking to you guys. I love uh, knowing that you all um, l- listen to it and 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 you actively give me feedback. It is easily the number one discussion that I have with so many of you when I do um, see you out in the wild or at a comic store or as I'm going to see you in San Diego. The one thing I've tried to always put forth at the end of each and every episode is because, look, we're all human. We all go through all of our different struggles. Uh, I, I, my wife and I, are, are we just celebrated 28 years of marriage. We have three kids, adult kids, 23, 21, 19. Man, we've been there. We, we, we've, we've had those... Uh, We've had those hurdles and those, uh, you know, the, the, those challenges of raising a family and, and just living life in these crazy times we live in. So I just want you to know I am rooting for you. I hope that your spiritual, your mental, your emotional, and your physical well-being are, 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 are the priority and, and are in good shape. I just mean that I want you to experience the least amount of stress the, uh, and, 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 and the most amount of peace uh, wherever you find that. And I always tell you, because I want to throw some humor in there, I do it obviously with a comic book, a graphic novel, an omnibus. I, I, I throw myself down on the, on the beanbag. That's just, I have a number of beanbags, three beanbags in the Liefeld home. Two upstairs, one downstairs. <laughs> I drag that downstairs one in for the live stream all the time. And uh, we hang out, and, 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 and that's where you, you, you see me uh, sitting on the big brown one during, during, during the, the whatnots. But uh, I just relax. I read. I love reading comics. I love going back. Uh, in my travels, I was grabbing comics. I'll share that with you in another episode. Got some new, cool new stuff overseas, over in Europe, and uh, where I was fortunate to spend two weeks. It's just, it's just so much fun to to just kick back, even even on vacation. I'm on vacation. I had to take a vacation from my vacation. Go grab uh, a comfy lounger that they had, and pulled out my comics, my Jack Kirby comics that I told you at the top of the show that I took with me. Um, and just perused through those and just blown away by the staging, the figure work, the power in, in, in Jack King Kirby's amazing hand. The talent that he possessed is just staggering. But uh, I do it. I find peace of mind. Maybe it's putting on those earbuds, going for a walk. Uh, but I also, come on, let's be honest. Food helps. Great food. I had nothing but great food. Great fish dishes. I, I mean, I, what, what, what is your pleasure? Is it swordfish? Is it bass? Is it salmon? Uh, you know, is it lasagna? Is it is it is it some sort of Korean dish? Um, we we have a great place here, if you can believe, called Soul Food, and it's spelled like Seoul, Korea. Soul Food, killer fusion, um, hamburgers, tacos. Come on, sausages, bratwursts. Come on, it's it, it's summertime. You know, you're gobbling those up. Also, got to give the shout out to the Reese's Peanut Butter Big Cup because come on, it makes everything in the in the world better. It makes everything in the world better, and I highly recommend it. Uh, no, they're not a sponsor of our show. I have no sponsors to this show. The last thing I want to do is be reading you 
promotions. Don't you hate it in your podcast where they're like, hey, here, I've got, I've got to sell the show. Um, anyway, I'm loopy because I'm still uh, recovering. I am jet lagged and not on the time that I'm supposed to be. But I do thank you so much for spending time with me today. DC has a big hill to climb. We're going to get to that in the next episode. Just can't, uh, couldn't do it all in one. Looking forward to sharing uh, and, and seeing you guys again. Please, please be well. Uh, get rest, get relaxation, have fun with your friends. It's summer. It is the best time of year. It is the best time of year. The longest days in Europe, the sun, I, I have so many witnesses. Do, do not think I am off. The sun went down at 1035 every night. We were sitting in the backyard at 1035 every night. The bocce ball at 1035. Oh my gosh. The summers are the best. Enjoy them. Swing back around. I'm going to be here. I'll be waiting for you. We most certainly, absolutely, and inevitably are going to talk again real soon.